0: It seems that my experience going into basic training was the same as everyone. We arrived at 1 in the morning to the sounds of a very angry man. He seemed to be looking for someone whose mother he could make fun of. After hollering at us for about an hour, they told us to get back into the barracks, shave and get to bed. Revelry was at 0500 hours. When the fluorescent lights made it look like a high noon experience, and the rattling of the wastebasket commenced. The room looked like an anthill of activity. I noticed that most of the men's pillowcases had blood on them from shaving nervously the night before. I remembered falling asleep to the sound of men whimpering. Surely there was a reason for all of this. Welcome to Life Journeys, where we find the experience of God's Word is lived out in a world that often seems to get turned upside down. Today, we're going to see one of Jesus' last words to his church before the Great Tribulation gets underway. Is this kind of a basic training, I wonder? As of this message, our world has been turned upside down in many ways, yet there are answers that are as sure as the rising of the sun. Jesus' last words before the tribulation unfolds are these. Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If any man hear my voice and open the door, I will come into him and will sup with him and he with me. Understand the setting here. There's a war on the near horizon. The sounds of impending chaos are clearly heard. Armies are marching and the news is filled with sobering announcements. Then... There's a knock at the door. It's Jesus asking to come in. Now is where I see a glaring difference between how we begin to prepare in basic training and how Jesus wrapped up his directions. Picture it. As you look out of your dining room window, you can see the dust of the enemy forces rising as they come closer. Jesus thinks, This is a good time to have a nice meal and some good conversation with you. He's not worried in the slightest. This was not how any day in basic training ever went. It seemed like everywhere we went and everything we did, it had to happen right now as if your life depended on it. We were always kept on edge and always found new ways to hate the drill instructor. It became clear. He was the only enemy we had now. Halfway through basic training, I wound up in the hospital for a few days. I came back within minutes of the drill instructor, setting me back to the beginning of training. The night before I was to fly out, I was given a lead pipe and told to stand guard of a barracks all night because there had been a lot of break-ins happening lately. I was still sick but determined to persevere because I had a flight to Denver in the morning and plans for our wedding a week after that. I couldn't drop out now. We found out in basic training that there was no such thing as quitting allowed, no matter how hot they turned up the heat. We also realized early on, though, that we were from all over the country and from many different backgrounds, races, and beliefs, and a common enemy was uniting us. The struggles of life that God has allowed in our lives were never intended to give us the feeling of being a victim. When we blame God or men, we fail to buy gold refined in the fire because we thought hard times meant rejection, hate, and worthlessness coming from above. But it was God tearing away the selfishness, and the hole that that shaking left was meant to be filled with God, with the preoccupation, with sweet fellowship with Christ, not with self-righteous hatred. God has to break you and me from our sins, of entitlement, the feeling that we deserved better. He wanted us to have his love based on mercy alone. Jesus is knocking to come in and establish his presence with us, especially when life gets hard. But instead, many cry out with a sense of injustice. Listen, entitlement says you should have a free gift of all that you could need. Well, the gospel says the same thing, really. But the difference is that a price must be paid for us. The removal of our sinful nature must be destroyed, lest when we have been given all good things, we would abuse them with our selfishness. God knows that only when we are filled with gratitude, set free from our sinful nature, and when we love to give instead of receive, love to bless instead of to put down, will we then have the completeness that we are created for. Let's be plain here. Socialism says we are worthy. The gospel says we are unworthy. One is right and one is wrong. One appeals based on our equality as all being fundamentally good and deserving because of our humanity. The other appeals based upon making us one with Christ through his sacrifice for us. One elevates human identity from within. The other creates divine identity from above. Neither are earned, but only one works when men work to earn a living. When others must work for them, everyone finally gives up because it's based on a false equality and a corrupt identity. Therefore, one demonstrates the failure of works being forced upon them, and the other demonstrates the success of faith. We cannot all have things given to us for fullness of life and well-being if our hearts are not redeemed from corruption. The dream of socialism's hopes and the dream of the kingdom of God are in one sense the same—their life being given as a free gift. It's just that the means are far different. One says it's the government. The other says it's sin. One ends in destruction. The other ends in eternal blessing. Socialism has the promise of an earthly utopia. The gospel has the promise of a better and eternal life. Each one demands allegiance to its God. The one is at war with the other. Socialism demands Christianity cease operations. Christianity demands the first commandment. You shall have no other gods before me. Basic training taught me that We need to unite against our common enemy. Jesus is still teaching me. I want you to have a meal with me. That's my answer for your problems because I've taken care of them. I want to have an intimate fellowship with you. Today and every day I find many, many attempts to try to get me outraged with what's happening in America. As I've drawn closer to God day by day, I'm hearing him speaking more distinctly every day. I've got this. Rest in me. I haven't left you. I'm still in charge here. I created this world and everything in it, and I know exactly how to care for it.